Welcome to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. No truer words have ever been spoken. Welcome again to another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. I'm Harry Alexander, along with Bunker de France, and in Los Angeles, our good friend Todd Roberts. Howdy. Hello! <laughs> Hello, Todd. And for this particular program, we're going to uh, we're going to do something just a little bit different here. Up north, up north, up north in Arizona, we there's a couple folks who live up there uh, by the name of Roger and Geneva Eads, and uh, they have this place called Buckaroo Bobbins, and uh, their motto there: "Save a day's wages, sow it yourself." And basically, that's what they do. And we're going to go bob, bob, bobbing along. <laughs> You see what I have to put up with? Welcome, Roger Eads and Geneva Eads to Voices of the West. Thank you very much. And it's great to talk to you guys again. The last time we talked was was a hoot. I think we almost two hours. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, we get carried away. Yeah, it happens. It happens. So, uh, you guys are up in the Prescott Valley area, and uh, basically. Chino Valley, actually. Chino Valley. Further north in Prescott Valley. So a little more rural. And much more rural, more country. And not okay. as populated. Well, that's right here where the antelope still actually roam. They're actually they're right across the road from us here. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, nice. Nothing wrong with that. Um, you guys have quite the diverse uh, career before you decided what you were going to be when you grew up. <laughs> and, we still haven't yeah, decided that. Still haven't we decided. still haven't grown up. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's see, uh, you guys met in uh, high school art class, and you were both UNLV art majors. Is that right? Yes, definitely. That's, that's correct. High school we sweethearts. Were, wow, I, I hate to ask well, you what we year. Friends. We were friends in oh, high school. Oh, okay. I was, a, I was a high school adolescent, and Geneva was hot, so what can I say? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm still married. I'm still married to my high school sweetheart. Very good. 50 years now. We just had our 47th wedding anniversary. Yeah, my 50th is coming up in the 20, what is this, in 2022, my 50th is coming. That's next year. So I I don't (laughs) want to embarrass Geneva, but I'm going to. So one time we were late at night, the three of us, Geneva and Roger are always overly hospitable. Uh, I hate to spread that rumor out there. Uh, because they, I don't know that they'll do it for anybody else, but they are overly generous and hospitable to me. And we usually end up at at, at a cowboy show or at a, a cowboy shoot where we sit late into the evening and drink a, a little bit and and talk about life and so on. And Geneva shows concern for me and my social life, specifically my dating life. And uh, one night we were talking and she said... Um, well, Todd, you know, I just don't understand why you have such a difficult time finding a suitable female or something to that effect. And she said, what is it you're looking for? And I said, well, Geneva, to be honest with you, brutally honest, I'm looking for a woman like either like my mother or you. And there's very oh, no. few of them out there in the world. And uh, most of them are taken. And she looked at me and she said, well, let's have another drink. Yep. <laughs> so, how can you ever say what you're looking for? I thought you were going to say something that really. That's funny. But there are two people I can tell you from personal experience 
they're two people that are not only these are this is a real cowboy and a real cowgirl they <laughs> know how to do everything themselves they do it themselves they ride horses they have hats they know what it is they know the history of it and they're not only have done it but they're living it in the present day they're making it perpetuate itself in the present day we've had a lot of great guests on who could talk about the old days and people who are no longer alive and who had done it but these are two people that are doing it on a daily basis and that's why i think they're such great guests and she She's impressive with her different looks and town ladies and skirts. <laughs> and she's like, I, 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 hey, Roger, do you have any room in the closet at all? Oh, we have three closets. Yeah. Three, <laughs> three closets and the Half the house is a closet. There you go. You yeah. know, my, there are hats and boots everywhere. Yeah. My mom and stepdad had one of those extra wide trailers, you know, the really wide ones. Yeah. They added on to mm-hmm. it, they built onto it. But it, it, they have a closet that runs across the back of the trailer, right? <laughs> my mom had that closet all the way, except for about, I'd say maybe two and a half or, or three feet of the far left end, which wow. my stepdad had. Wow. <laughs> Buckaroo Bobbins is the store. It's also BuckarooBobbins.com well, is the Bobbins website. Hmm? It's primarily the website, but we do have a traveling store. We, uh, yes. in the past, we're doing primarily uh, SAS, Single Action Shooting Society mm-hmm. events. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, part of that, uh, that, uh, that, what would you call it? The, the society yeah. is not just about shooting. No. It's about no. history. No. And uh, it's about reenactment of, of the Old West. And uh, in order to compete in that sport, you have to uh, shoot historic type guns, you know, single action pistols, uh, lever action rifles, double barreled shotguns or pump shotguns, 97 pumps, and, uh, and also dress the part of the late 1800s. So uh, we would. For the, how many years? Since uh, almost 30 years. Over yeah. 30 years now, we were doing these events. Early 90s. Uh, usually one or two a month. And uh, which were fantastic events. Uh, and I say fantastic because so many of the people there were not just, we don't look at them as customers, but they are our friends. Right. They have mm-hmm. become very good friends. Uh, we see them quite often. And uh, so consequently, they, they have to dress the part. And that's where we come in. And we would set up our store at these events, at the Ben Avery Shooting Range in Phoenix, uh, several locations in California. We'd go into New Mexico, Colorado. uh, And, uh, you know, we have about a a 1,000-mile radius that we would travel. But uh, since the COVID thing has has struck, uh, (laughs) we just did the first event we've done in a year and a half. Wow. That was <laughs> in Apple Valley with the double R bar regulators. Uh, you know, and you, of course you recognize double R bar as being Roy Rogers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, had a fantastic time. We were so glad to be there finally. So and, every, and everybody else, else there was <laughs> yeah. so glad to be getting back to normal, uh, taking off the masks. And it was like this whole COVID thing never happened. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, hopefully this is going to keep up. Oh, good. Now, the items that you have in the store, you do have some ready-made clothing, slickers, shirts, lots. vests, and that sort of thing. But lots. you do a lot of uh, patterns. Is that right, Geneva? 
Yeah, we have a line of patterns that um, ranges from kids' stuff to adults and kind of like the basics. We have the the ladies' outfits and the men's outfits, and we have some kid things. Uh, you could pretty much put together almost anything with our patterns. You made you've designed those patterns too. Is that right? Well, I I put the patterns together, but the clothing designs are all. 150 years old. Yeah, okay. Um, Butterworth. You, know, you, you, you talk about the Autry Museum when you see the nose marks on the glass in those cases. That's yeah. my nose marks. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering Did about you know, that. You're the one yeah, I saw with the tape measure. Yeah, I was wondering about that, that when I went to the Autry. Okay. <laughs> I've also, we've had people actually, uh, it's interesting, people we ne- have no idea who they are, people we don't know who will send us antique pieces things that belong to their grandmother or their hmm. great grandmother hmm. for us to use to reproduce we had a woman send us just the 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 ever present ladies bonnet that you see in all the movies mm-hmm. it had belonged to her great grandmother who walked from walked next to a wagon from Kansas to Oregon wow was that garment and she or sent no, she wouldn't have been in a corset at that point. No, they were the so. traveling people, so they were they had to be comfortable. <laughs> but it was just such a a thing that people would do that, and so we named the pattern Viola's bonnet because that was her great grandmother. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wow. Well, I have a question it's, for you. It's kind of cool. So hmm. there's a you know I think a lot of people uh, feel a connection and, and don't want to disregard the past. Yeah. They see it as an important part. Of who we are, all of us. What do you see in an antique roadshow sometimes? You know, somebody will bring in a. You see something in an antique roadshow. Somebody will bring in a garment that the family, yes. you know, handed down, and they just want to yeah. know more about it. I have. That's true. I have some material that um, I should probably uh, get to you in some fashion. My uh, great grandfather was a tailor. He was also a oh soldier and uh, served in B Troop Fourth U.S. Cav. Uh, and during the Geronimo campaign at Fort Huachuca. But af- oh. after he left the service, he was a writer, and then he was also a tailor. And I have <laughs> that handed down from the fa- through the family a piece of uh, cloth. It's a very light wool uh, cloth, and uh, I'm fixing, I think I maybe want to get a vest made out of that. Mm. So. As I was just about to say, it sounds like you need a vest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can always use a vest. Yeah. <laughs> if you're left over, you make so some underwear. Too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, all right. So, well, that's, I forgot we where can I was going to go. <laughs> oh, okay. right. uh, Roger. How, yes, sir. How did you come across the uh, that namesake El Guapo? <laughs> the what? The El which Guapo. namesake? El Guapo. El Guapo. Well, that was a as Guapo. a friend of ours has that name. El Guapo. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, the that's, important that's, that's guy. A shooter and an very good friend of ours. Uh huh. Yeah. El Guapo. Yeah. Well, it's not Roger you. One of the aliases. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the things about Sass. You have to have an alias. So you can't shoot into your yeah, normal alias. Not me. That's, that's oh okay. Okay, so so what what's your alias, Roger? <laughs> <laughs> I've had many. Well, yeah. he changes them all. Not, not the one, not the one that's no. in the post office, but the one you guys use <laughs> yeah. around the yeah. campfire. <laughs> okay, I uh, I I produce a line of mustache wax. 
<laughs> the brand name of that mustache wax is Dusty Cajones. <laughs> <laughs> but Cajones does not mean whatever you think it means. Cajones means courageous. It means courageous. <laughs> oh, so no slang then. <laughs> oh, I thought, yeah, I thought no, Cojones yeah. was walnuts. Another way of saying yeah, walnuts. Well, no, that's exactly. from Dallas. Uh, and it's the same thing with walnuts. But, courageous. Uh, walnuts do not mean walnuts. I mean, walnuts <laughs> and, and the uh, vernacular means courageous. So uh, okay. dusty courageous. All yeah. right. Uh, Geneva, yours? Of course, I'm very mercenary. It's Buckaroo Bobbins. Uh, oh, okay. Well, you know, this this leads up to because, as I understand, you guys often refer to Todd as uh, crowbait. Yeah, crowbait. <laughs> <laughs> well, sort of. Oh, I got that wrong. Oh my goodness. Crow horse. Crow horse. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I knew, they I knew they that. refer to me as crowbait when I've had too much tequila. I'll tell you what, it's crowbait from now on. That's for sure. That's it. You started something new. <laughs> Because I'm laying out on the prairie lifeless. (laughs) Yeah, probate. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, my God. You guys have done bunches of stuff. uh, uh, Called survival. Yeah, called survival, for sure. No question about it. A country boy will survive. Yeah, I mean, you know, you... who, who? But it's a little more than survival because of the all the artistic things you've done. I know, a stained glass company, for God's sake. I mean, geez. We did that for 20 years in Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah. We were the largest thing. We were from originally Las Vegas. Yeah, we were uh, both natives of Las Vegas. And when we were growing up, Las Vegas was actually a small town. Yeah. You could actually ride your horse around town. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> you wouldn't even think of that now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I hate know, Las Vegas. Uh, Anyway, it uh, <laughs> it's a good place to be from. I'll tell you yeah, that. Far from. So, so you yeah. re- so you read a book, Money in Your Mailbox, and started thinking about a mail order business. And of course, Al Gore well, yeah. hadn't invented uh, the internet yet. <laughs> I like that. No, no, no. Yeah, there was there was a movie uh, that came out in. Uh, when did that come out? In 1970, I think. It's uh, The Ballad of Cable Hogue. Yep. You remember oh, that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jason Robards, Stella Stevens. Great movie. Phenomenal movie. Yeah. Strether Martin. Uh, and actually, a friend of ours, a good friend of ours in Las Vegas, who was a county commissioner, had a bit part in that. <laughs> uh, if, you remember, if you remember the movie, uh, at the beginning of it, the stranger that rode in, and uh, Jason Robards had to shoot him off his horse, uh, that was our friend. So. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, that was Darwin Lamb, uh, uh-huh. and he he was a real cowboy, yeah. uh, plus an entrepreneur in uh, in Las Vegas, and, and quite an inspiration to us. Yeah. Uh, he raised Andalusian horses, Ooh. and uh, he owned Lamb and One Bar Supply. Plus, he was like I said, he was the county commissioner there. Ooh. And uh, well, you anyway, know, uh, pardon me. I was just gonna say, you know. Uh, he passed away again, you know, but uh, Max, old Max Evans, he was the stage driver in Cold Cable Hogue. And he, oh, was, yeah? he was a drinking buddy with uh, old Sam. <laughs> and fighting buddy. They used to beat each other oh. up all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Come back to the drinking. Yeah, you know, as a spoiler alert, if, if somebody hasn't seen the movie yet, you know, the uh, basic storyline of the movie is Cable was left to die in the desert by. His two supposed friends mm-hmm. who Elk Jones thought and that there was only enough water for two and not for not enough for three, so they deserted him out there in the in the desert. And 
after a few days, uh, you know, cable laid down during a tremendous uh, sandstorm. And he put his fate in God. He said, Lord, it's your call. And then he looks down and he sees the toe of his boot was wet. So he starts crawling around on his hands and knees and he found where he had stepped and started to excavate that that spot with his bare hands and the bowl that he had created filled with water. He had found the only water that was between dead dog and jackass flats <laughs> along, along the, that stage line. Along the stage line. Dog. So, uh, you know, Cable found water where there was no water, no and water. he created a business out of essentially nothing. And that's and what I you think a lot, of us can re- a lot of us can relate to that. You yeah. know, there's... Uh, one of the things Cowboys are pretty good at is trying to figure out how to get a gallon out of a quart. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the two guys that deserted him, that was uh, L.Q. Jones and Struther Martin. Exactly, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we got, we got to do our first... We don't want to give it away. We don't want to give away the entire story. No, no, no. Oh, let's give it away. No, <laughs> we got to, worth looking up. We got to yeah. do our first commercial break here. We're talking with Roger and Geneva Eads, and uh, they run a place called Buckaroo Bobbins, and... Well, and a bunch of other things, so uh, we'll find out more about that when we return here on Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts. We'll be back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West, where a large number of Westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Coming to you from the great southwestern United States. You're darn tootin'. Yes, sir, Bob. 
This is the Voices of the West. We're back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander Bunker de France, Todd Roberts, our guests are Roger Eads and Geneva Eads. They run a place called <laughs> They run a place called Buckaroo Bobbins. Ah, uh, boy, I'll tell you, it's it's a, well, I don't know. I don't even know what to tell you. <laughs> keep, I keep you on your toes. He does. He keeps me on my toes very much. Um, you guys, I'm out of my head. <laughs> right. You guys started doing the uh, the clothing. Uh, uh, you've been doing a lot of the clothing, but uh, Wamaker comes out with a line of Old West clothing uh, that you say was pricey. I think it still is pricey. So you decided to do your own stuff. Right. Well, you had mentioned the uh, the book that we stumbled across called "Money in Your Mailbox." Well, that was for us. That was like the mud on the toe of Cable Ho's Hogs boot. <laughs> that, was, that was kind of a turning point. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, pursuing a mail order business uh, was something that we were very surprised at how successful it actually turned out to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we uh, put an ad in Western Horseman magazine. For one, we had one sewing pattern. <laughs> we figured out that one shirt, basic shirt with a few variations included in the pattern would do really a, a large amount of designs because people could interchange and change things around. And so we put that pattern that's all we had, one pattern in Western Horseman magazine, and the it was surprised us. And we actually had money. Money started coming we to the house. We had money in our mailbox. Checks in the mailbox. Oh, wow. And, and then people were, then they, at that point, they'd, they'd order a shirt pattern and say, do you have a vest pattern? And it's like, oh, I guess we could do that. So it, <laughs> it kind of snowballed from there. Because people wanted it, we had no idea that there would be such a response or such a a, mm-hmm. a, a desire for this stuff. It the, was very cool. The, <laughs> and every time a movie would come out, like uh, you know, like the Last Stand at Saber River, right? Uh-huh. You know, we get phone calls. You know, I want that shirt that Tom Selleck was wearing in Last Stand at Saber River. So we shirt. did a pattern. So that pattern is our Trailblazer shirt pattern. Mm-hmm. Which also includes like four or five different shirts. Other variations. Variations. Each of our patterns always has multi sizes. So you buy one pattern, you get you can make a shirt for every member of the family, and it almost always has lots of different styles included in the one pattern. Hmm. So you get a lot for your money. (laughs) So the Buckaroo shirts that I'm looking at on the website. You need one. Uh Well, of course I need one. Um, Those are are those the same? Are those your pattern or? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's just a classic pullover shirt with um, a half placket and a band collar, no no regular collar because they would put button-on collars. Right. And it's just a great, comfortable, roomy shirt. Yeah. Now, when you guys from from experience, you can wear them shooting, and they don't bind you, they don't grip you. They're comfortable. They're built for that. Yeah. You know, they're built for that, and also just you know, as a side note. If you don't want to dress, period, and I know Geneva and Roger have already said this, but it's important to reiterate, if you want to go as a B-movie cowboy, uh, yeah. if you give Geneva enough time, she'll turn you into Roy Rogers. Yeah, we have that uh, pattern, well, too. <laughs> all of it. All of all the... Uh, you you yeah, can look like anything you want. That nature pattern. Yeah. 
I got a question on the on the buckaroo shirt. Uh, I understand that you kind of changed the underarm a little bit from from being as boxy as it was before to something a little more comfortable. Well, in the pre-Civil War, they were pretty much straight up and down, you know, very basic, just stick your arm through this opening, <laughs> but not really that comfortable. Mm-hmm. And at that time period, things kind of evolved a little bit, and we started to have that curved line that comes down and goes up under your arm. And so incorporating that into the patterns, it was just a natural because they were doing it at that point, but it also makes it very wearable. I'm very comfortable. I have another question for you. When you guys first started out, did you have a warehouse or did you have a chicken coop you kept everything in? <laughs> we had a carport. <laughs> it was a bunch of... we. What, oh, we printed what we needed as it went along. We didn't know how many to start with. That was another thing. It's like kind of like having a restaurant. You don't know what you're going to come up with, what's going to happen. So we started with a thousand patterns and printed and made changes and revisions as we went along and so now we have all of our patterns are stored in uh, storage buildings that look like old west like an old west town you know on your side you've got a picture there of uh, i can't think of his first name leblanc uh from the movie bannock and i thought well, that what a you know you made that outfit before him and it's a great looking outfit uh-huh. what was your research for creating that particular look and for the, the, the time period. The Mexican vaquero coat? Mm-hmm. That was a toughie because there's not a lot of stuff out there. It took a long time and a lot of looking at books and, and photographs out there, little tiny pictures and books that had to be enlarged. And then and then you, there was also the Joe Mora books. Everybody knows them of doing the, the cottontail books. But he did some awesome historical illustrated books that aren't even in print anymore. And if you can find them in a library, they're like, they don't want you to check them out. You can't check them out. you got to go in there and look. No, you have to leave your driver's license and your firstborn to look at them. Exactly, exactly. So um, that was a a real, like I said, it was a real toughie. And then there was relying upon what was known to be typical clothing construction methods of that time period in order to be able to come up with a pattern. And um, we did it. We did it. And people have been really happy with it. So I just had somebody, and interestingly, just had somebody the other day email that they wanted to wear, make themselves an outfit for the, I can't remember what his first name was in the the old Wild Wild West series. Uh, Bob Conrad? Yeah, Robert Conrad. Yeah, what he wore. And I had to look it up because I couldn't remember. And I Googled it and it was, I was really amazed to see that it was the vaquero jacket. Yeah. Little tiny short jacket. And I, you know, so I emailed the guy back and let him know that that's how he could do it. You know, so it, if you it go, happens a lot. <laughs> if you go far enough back, you see that same look in Dale Robinson and Tales of Wells Fargo. Oh yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you think about the the, the Mexican cowboys, the Spaniards. Yeah. Um, we're talking pre Civil War, way back. Oh yeah. So it's a typical style. Exactly. The vaqueros. Yeah. Yeah. Then, trying to find clothing, period style clothing, uh, for the genre is tends to be difficult. I used to do Civil War uh, reenacting. Oh yeah. And, uh, I mean, there's 
tons of sutlers out there, and they've got all kinds of great things, but none of them are really what the soldier wore uh, back in that time. And, exactly. You know, uh, people forget the South didn't have uniforms. They, they went to war with whatever they were wearing. Right. And yeah. the, the Union soldiers, if you were regular Army, you might get a uniform. If you were yeah. an officer, yeah, you got a uni, but you got it, yeah. you got it tailored. Uh, most of these guys just went with whatever they had on their back. And what we see is the frock coat, yeah. which is one of our patterns, actually is adapted from a military type coat. Yes, yes. Yeah, um, we've all, we've been asked often if we would do military type patterns, but. I've just shied away from it because I don't know very much about it. I mean, you got to know your stuff. Yeah. These people out here counting threads. If your they buttons are, are a yeah. quarter of an inch apart <laughs> yep. wrong, they're going to let you know. Yeah. You know, and, and the, this is the order of the buttons. They can look at your coat and look at the buttons on your coat and know what rank you are. Well, yeah, Stuff exactly. Like I mean, so, I, there's numerous yeah. times I'll, I'll see a Western where the, the cavalry's involved and you got a uh, captain wearing a double-breasted uh, coat. That didn't happen. Uh -huh. you, you had to be a major in order to wear a double-breasted uh, coat. Did we? Yeah. There you go. I did not know that. So, <laughs> that's a whole new type of study that yeah. I've never really gotten into. Yeah. I just know blue and gray. Yeah. I, I was never a thread counter, but uh, oh, I, I wanted to be. Art. But you counted the buttons. Yeah. No, I didn't count buttons. I, I just wanted to be as close to accurate as yeah. possible. And, yeah. And yeah. This, this was in Florida. And, you know, in Florida, it's hot and it's humid. Uh, and you don't necessarily yeah. want to wear wool. Uh, no. The group that I ran was an artillery group, and I found pictures of uh, Union soldiers uh, dealing with artillery in the South, and they were wearing white cotton pants. Hallelujah. Uh -huh. Like <laughs> so, the Mexicans did. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it doesn't have to be your standard blue or your standard gray. No. Uh, you know, you no. got, you know, Geneva, you'll be proud of me. I worked on a picture called Hosanna's Raid. And oh, after, yeah. And uh, after I was finished with it, I still had to uniform it because they were they had the, the company had gone on to Las Vegas and they wanted me to bring the costume yeah, back to them. And I said, hey, I'm not bringing <laughs> it back. I, you know, I'm in Tucson. And they said, well, you know, ship it to us. And I said, I'm not shipping it to you. It cost me money. So I ended up keeping it. Well, Good you for know, you. well, you know, because I, I work in pictures, I'd use the stuff, but the bridges were, well, how do you use them? And I had an old friend's jacket, you know, the old rough-out rough friend's jacket. I cut the uh -huh. pockets off and sewed them on the back for back pockets, and everybody wanted what? a pair of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's what happens. Yeah. You start something, and you're in it. <laughs> it's, it's style center, you know, me and Tom yeah, Selfridge. Yeah, you know. All right, we're going to take our uh, second break here. We're on um, uh, Emil Francis Voices of the West, and I'm Harry Alexander. Bunker to France is here. Todd Roberts is in Los Angeles. We're talking with Roger and Geneva Eads about their place called Buckaroo Bobbins. We'll be back right after this. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. 
The Polash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Polash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. Contact the Polash Management Company today at polashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Polash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online back Backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 ski fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSki.com. Hi everyone, it's Susan McRae and welcome to Chaparral Roundup. As you know, I've postponed the March event to October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd so we can all relax, have a great time with great dinners, a great lunch at the White Stallion Ranch, Q&A panels, screenings of a couple of our favorite High Chaparral shows, the documentary of Kent McRae so we can honor him during his favorite reunion, and we have a great silent auction to benefit the Robert F. Hoy and Kiva Hoy charity at the Tucson Medical Center. If you're already registered for March, you're automatically registered for October. But if you're not, you better register by September 17th. I look forward to seeing you all, and so does Don, with his confessions of an acting cowboy. You'll have fun. See you in October for the Chaparral Roundup at Lodge on the Desert in Tucson, Arizona. I guess I got the masked man to thank for keeping me out of more trouble, Bill. Masked man? Call him that if you want to. Or you can call him by another name. What's that? The Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger. This is the Voices of the West. Everybody needs a little Lone Ranger in their life, I think. <laughs> Roger rides a white horse. Okay, very good. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts. We're back with Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Our guests are Roger Eads and Geneva Eads. And, uh, Has anybody ever asked you guys to make a Lone Ranger outfit, or do you just don't deal with stretch pants? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not even dealt with a lot of strange men. <laughs> Roger, you Roger, yeah, Roger, Roger, you, you wrote a piece in 1994 called "The Pioneer Spirit." Oh, that's I, want, great. I want you to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had a uh, 
you know, prior to the digital age, you know, we started Buckaroo Bobbins before uh, Al Gore invented the internet. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the, uh, so we had a printed catalog, and uh, we were inspired by the Jay Peterman catalog. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, from Seinfeld, yeah. Yeah, right. And, uh, <laughs> even before Seinfeld. I never watched Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, you like. You got it. No, I never did. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, rather than photograph the products, uh, Geneva would illustrate them, you know, so, and they everything was printed, and I wrote the copy. But one of the things that was uh, part of that catalog was this blurb that I put together called The Pioneer Spirit. And uh, we got a lot of positive comments on that. Very few negative, uh, but we did get a few negative. But that's all right. You knew they were liberals. Exactly. Uh, yeah. One one came from a uh, the theatrical department of the University of Florida. Yeah, that's right. And they said that they were afraid that uh, if they were to send us any money, that the money would end up in some hate group. And, of something and like uh, that. so we uh, wrote back and said uh, they're correct that uh, they did buy something from us. Some of the money would end up in uh, the hands of a hate group, such as our church or uh, a rescue mission in New Mexico on the Navajo Reservation. Uh, yeah. 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 So those kind of hate groups. So, anyway, that's okay. You know, you can't avoid it. But, uh, we, we just continue to run it. A lot. It has been used by uh, people running for office. They would read it during their campaign. <laughs> they ask permission. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I think it's, uh, the message is time-tested, and I think it's more true now than ever. Especially now. Would you like to read that? Uh, I'll try to conjure up my best radio voice as soon as I can do it. Well, if not, I'll help you out. <laughs> You're welcome now, to read it. Your nose when you, you do it, it, that'll help a lot. I, yeah, sure, I can read it if you want, if you don't mind. <clears throat> right. I prefer you read it. Yeah. It's, it's a little self-serving if I read it. All right. Well, it, so. you wrote it, but okay. It's called The Pioneer Spirit. Have you ever tried to imagine what must have possessed a person during the Western expansion era to leave what was familiar for the uncertainties and hardships which awaited them on the trail west? Accidents, illness, bad weather, Indians, they would all take their toll. But they put their faith in God and a vision and braved the unknown traveling in an ox-drawn prairie schooner or even pushing a handcart. If they were properly outfitted, the realities of the trail would still demand an iron determination if they were to survive. There were no guarantees. Compare their strength and determination to who we are as a people today. Too many have believed in a redefined American dream, and that's capitalized, as something guaranteed by tax-funded giveaway programs, regardless of personal choice and or responsibilities or even work. Many politicians, thinking only of themselves, have sought election by offering everything to everyone with someone else's money. Many people have been lulled into complacency and weakness, wanting, to, wanting only their creature comforts and immediate gratification of the senses. They seek security where there really is none and put their trust in people who cannot deliver on their promises. People need to realize that the government cannot give to us what they haven't already taken. It's an extremely inefficient way of redistributing wealth. They end up subsidizing failure and punishing success. With overtaxation and overregulation, they destroy initiative and the economy along with it. 
Then they try to blame someone else. Whenever we allow the government to provide something that we can provide for ourselves or to save us from personal responsibility, we give them more control over us and end up with less freedom. We need to regain that pioneering spirit which built this country and made it strong, a spirit of self-reliance along with a dependence on God as a rock-solid foundation. We believe in the Ameri- we believe the American dream is alive and well in the hearts of every free-thinking American with the courage and iron determination to succeed in a world where there are still no guarantees. We are pleased that our patterns are helping so many people whether they're in the ready-made clothing business or they're sewing for themselves and saving a day's wages. Roger Eads, 1994. Nice piece. You know, it <laughs> makes me think of the old saying, you know, uh, chicken in every pot. Yep. Which nowadays it's uh, smoking pot by every chicken. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That is legal. Lethal, lethal, lethal. Right. So I, I absolutely love I love this credo. If, if that's Can what we, we borrow call it. it? Yeah. <laughs> you certainly may. Yes. And, and uh, spread it far and wide. Yeah. yeah. People need to be reminded mm-hmm. about uh, our heritage, where we've come from, what we need to hold on to. Yeah. That's what makes us conservatives. We try to conserve what is good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so we need to wake up a lot of people. They've been lulled to sleep. That they have. And lied to. <laughs> Unfortunately, there are very few reliable sources of information out there now. <laughs> yeah, zero. <laughs> zero, I think. But and, and, well, that's, I and that's coming from a man who uh, made his living uh, a reporter, as a reporter, as a broadcast journalist. And, uh, that's I, before it was a dirty word. Yeah, that's long before it was a dirty word. Um, but Yeah. Right. Sense <laughs> of well, well, we're still voices of the West. So that's right, and that's <laughs> what, that, and that's what we're talking about. Um, your clothing ha- has people have asked you to make clothing like that Tom Selleck shirt that they saw in in the movies. Uh, uh, do you guys make for the studios? Have you have you had that opportunity? No, they they buy our patterns because you know they're actually these studios have groups of people that do just that okay but these people are good and they've used our patterns i could give you a lot of a lot of return different it returned to lonesome dove right after lonesome dove was just before we started the business uh-huh. and that was quite an inspiration mm-hmm. it was one of the first times movies actually made a point to be correct i mean the cowboys were wearing britches with suspenders, not yeah. Wranglers with the mm-hmm. the belt yeah, ripped yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they and that was a big inspiration. And then we were starting this business and getting it going. And Return to Lonesome Dove contacted us and bought every pattern that wanted to know if they could use them. And I, said, you bet. Mm-hmm. And and just a lot of different movies and TV shows have used our patterns to do their their costuming, but. We haven't particularly ourselves made the costumes. And so, and again, Geneva, you designed the patterns, is that correct? Yeah, I, I mean, I draft the patterns, but the clothing, like I said, were designed 150 years really ago. Adapted, right, yeah. Yeah, so, so, yeah. yeah. Okay. I make them fit for, for comfort for today you know, because it's that's important. You know, one, <laughs> quite. Of, one of the things I noticed uh, looking at your site, too, was... You know that you you offer a little service that a lot of 
companies don't when somebody says, say, they buy a pattern or they even they buy, say, a pair of britches, uh, you recommend that they buy the buckle and the buttons uh, to go with it. To go with yeah. it. Because, you know, that's about fit. But yeah, you know, and that, yeah. that's a little thing that people don't think about. You know, when you look, you look at your different outfits. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah, gotta, exactly. I, gotta, I have a question. Exactly. For you. How authentic? Because I've got a pair. I love them. Uh, I got them from a movie, the old Booger Red Pants. Uh, do you ever get many requests for those? Uh uh-uh. uh No, not at all. That's weird. Uh-uh. Yeah, you would think. Yeah. Because because that was that was real popular at one time. Yeah, not yet. Maybe we will now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're a trendsetter. I always tell people, send me pictures. Send me uh, pictures of what you're talking about. Well, That's what's well, nice about the internet now. People can just shoot you a picture right away. Yeah, I love well, it. Look, look at uh, Arness on Gunsmoke. Uh, yeah, those were booger reds, except I think they had pockets. But yeah. that was the stuff. And Wayne also wore them, and I can't think which, which picture it was now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Might have been, been Hondo, I think. But, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And that's a shirt that people request a yeah. lot. Um, and then also, we also, someone else produces them, but we can, uh, people want that, that bandana that Hondo wore. Oh, yeah. And the bandana that Gus wore in Lonesome Dove, we can offer that. It's, it's a great, it's wonderful. It's so distinctive and different. Let me ask you again, again about your, your bandanas of wild rags. Uh, I was looking at the site, and the selection that you have is mind-boggling. But <laughs> I didn't I didn't notice whether they came in different sizes. I'm sure, I'm um, sure they must. Most of them are, are just short of three feet square. You yeah. know, the fabric is 35, 36 inches wide, and then the they're hand-rolled edges. So that takes, you know, the some of the, yeah. the width away. But um, some of the patterns, I should check into that. Some of those um, are available in 42 inches, which sounds huge. Yeah. But once you tie it in an interesting knot, it's not. It's not so big. So yeah, they are. Those are available. We can also, um, if someone wants a smaller one, like like you would see sometimes, like Audie Murphy wearing the yeah. little ones they tie around their neck, which. Yeah. It's a cute look, but I don't rags. know that it's that functional. Right. It's not rags. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. not rags. You want, you want a bandana that you can pull up over your face when you want to uh, rob a bank or yeah. follow a herd of cows with all the dust. Well, you know, it's you like up north with the Montana cowboys. They always did a, a wraparound. Yes, but yes. But they needed a big bandana. And you, yeah, you do, well, that, you, you can do sit. that with a 36-incher. Yeah. You can do that. I've done it. When it's cold, That's the they call it a cowboy turtleneck. It's the best. Yeah. It's pure silk. Yeah. So it's going to be very warm. Do Can't you do remember. cotton at all? What? Do you do cotton bandanas at all? Um. Yeah. Sometimes we do have them, but they're just they're the traditional bandana. Yeah. Yeah. You want the yeah. silk while we're at. But they're oversized. Yeah. 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 They're big enough that you can tie around like that. All right. But, we got to. Uh, we got to finish I'm just up fond our of silk. finish up our uh, who isn't. We got to finish our uh, break commercial break here. We're on the last one. Uh, you are in tune with Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts. Our guests, Roger and Geneva Eads, and uh, they run a place called Buckaroo Bobbins. And uh, we'll be back with the tail end of the show right after these important messages. Do not, I repeat, do not run away. 
Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Hymas Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. I'm Miss Wilkinson Investments. They're really good at what they do. 777-1911. I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Hi, this is Craig Morgan with a special message for all those who have served in the U.S. Army. The National Museum of the United States Army, to be built at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, will include the Soldier's Registry, an electronic record of Americans who have worn the Army uniform, recognizing their service. I've already added my story to the registry. I hope you'll add yours. To learn more and to make your story a permanent part of the National Army Museum, visit armyhistory.org. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. I'm just a cowboy, a Texas buckaroo. I love the open spaces where skies are always blue. I just like to ride along, singing on my way. Watching o'er the doggies and rounding up the strays. Move slow, you little doggies. Slow, you little doggies. Your days are numbered few. 
we are back on Amo Francie's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts. Our guests yep. are Roger and Geneva Eads of Buckaroo Bobbins. Well, you know, I got Roger. I got to. I got to. Yes, I got to commend you on your uh, hat shaping abilities. I saw the picture, and you and your partner there uh, tooling that hat to get the crease just right in it. That, that's, I haven't that's, that's so, but you know, that reminds me, you know, when I was working on the movies, you know, a lot of times you go in there and the wardrobe man, it just, they, they when they go on location, they just pack all the, all the non-star hats in a box. And oh, it wasn't, wow. it wasn't like neatly packed. It was get as many hats in that damn box as right. you could. Oh my God! So you'd give, give you a hat, you know, and of course, no self-respecting cowboy wants to be seen in a dinky hat. So I, I came up with a technique for, for uh, creating hats on location. First thing I'd do when I got to the set after getting the hat, I'd go over to the caterer, I'd get me a big cup of hot coffee, I'd knock the crown out, pour that cup of coffee in there, and let it seep through. What it did is it loosened up the, uh, the fiber, and you, you had a perfect round crown now that was still damp and hot, and you could put right. your crease in there. And I would do that, and then the wardrobe would come by later, and he'd say, I, I, you're not supposed to be wearing your own hat. I said, no, this is the hat you gave me. And it, I used to do that all the time. Hmm. Well, you, you can't hurt a good hat. Great a idea. good felt hat. I've often put them in a hot shower. <laughs> in order to get them to, to loosen up enough to where you can mold it and shape it, you know, any way you want. That wasn't after yeah. you and you set it out to dry and it firms up, and it's just fine. <laughs> you know, we've, and we've been caught out in a lot of rainstorms. Yeah. So your hat's going to get soaked no matter yeah. what. Oh, yeah. It's not going to hurt it. So I'm yeah. I'm wondering, and uh, uh, if if I were to purchase a pattern, uh, let's just go. Let's just say the Trailblazer shirt. Uh, uh-huh. Pattern okay, that's sixteen dollars. Now uh-huh. the material required for that obviously depends on the size of the person. Um, but yeah. if, if a person wears a, 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 a cloth for you, si- a bolt of cloth, I don't think so. <laughs> a, a size sixteen neck, thirty three uh, uh, sleeve, and I don't know what the a chest would be. Chest. I don't know what the chest would be. Uh, Forty two, I guess. I don't know. Chest sleeve uh-huh. would. Am I, am I th- this would be a hell of a lot more uh, economical than going to the store uh, and purchasing a shirt, right? Well, yeah, usually you can get, you know, four yards of pretty decent calico uh, because that would be the type of material they would have used then at that time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, you spend $15 in fabric, uh, yeah. especially if you're wait for the sales. Yeah. <laughs> and a few, you know, a few basic buttons and know 20 bucks and, yeah. and but it's kind of neat it takes time it does take time to do it but it's one of those things when you did it, it's like wow i did this myself and the yeah. other thing is we <laughs> encourage people rather than cutting up the pattern trace it well, yeah. sure. because all of the sizes are in there so why would you want to cut out just one size yeah, you want to you. trace yeah. your size yeah that makes perfect and that sense. way you could use it you know numerous times makes yeah. perfect sense the whole so family could yeah. you go down to the thrift store and buy, just buy an old curtain and cut that up? <laughs> you can do that. Some people do that. 
at some of these events we do, there are people that specialize in yeah. old used clothing, and some people like that look. Yep. You know, the, in the words of Cable Hogue, when you're out here, you got to make do. The the, uh, the 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 image of of uh, uh, buying the old curtain reminds me of the Carol Burnett. Gone with the wind. Well, this old thing. The best. That was something I saw hanging around. Well, this old thing. Yes. I showed it my and the curtain rod across the back of her shoulders. Uh huh. Yeah. And my mother. The 80s shoulder um, pads that they would wear, like in Dynasty. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. And that was actually a Bob Mackie design. Yeah. <laughs> On top of it. Yeah, God. Oh, my, yeah, my mother loved that show. Just, my God, she loved that show. And I will also mm-hmm. say that my mom was very picky. Very picky. And she used to just love to walk around Geneva's booth and <laughs> hang out and so on. And I'd say, well, Mom, don't we want to go look at some other booths? And she'd say... Why don't you go look at the other booths? I'll stay here and enjoy myself. I, I don't need you to dote on me. That's right. She was very independent. She was a sweetheart. So, Roger, so Roger we're going to go to the dark side and talk about your other life there uh, that, oh. you, that you do. Uh, and you've only got about a minute or so, so I'll, I'll save you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm running an underground railroad for Californians that want to get free. Conservative. Conservative Californians that are looking for freedom. Okay, no. So if just, they want to move to the north central part of our state, I'd be glad to help them out. Uh, this is this is uh, kind of a humanitarian thing I want to mention. Yes, it is. Geneva, yes, it is. Geneva's uh, enterprise with handicap. <laughs> Right. Well, you know, it's, uh, you got to do what you got to do to keep the two ends tied together. You yeah, know? Like for sure. We haven't done a uh, SAS event. Like I said, we just did one after a year and a half of doing nothing. There weren't any. So uh, this this COVID thing just shut down the economy. So thank God for real estate. Well, yeah. And, and speaking of Roger's real estate, Roger has a very unique way. Uh, you know, everybody has their own sales tool. Uh, or 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 scheme or approach or whatever. Some guys wine and dine their customers. Some some guys send them Harry and David care packages. You know, uh, <laughs> some guys send. You know, they'll send their clients. You know, uh, 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 Lakers tickets or whatever. Roger does it in, in the most unique way. He he video logs Geneva and his daily horseback rides out in the country that they live in and then he puts it on Facebook and he says for any of you that are sick of California take a look at this you could be here too I call these movies Dramamine Productions there you go I cannot he's on his horse I cannot watch them the handheld camera shaking but they're fun and a lot of people enjoy them because lots of responses Geneva is Roger kind of like a Cecil B. DeMille director there you know give me more emotion no, he just goes on and does his own thing, and everybody else is just kind of left to, you know, fend for ourselves. You, know? you got, you guys are a hoot. We're going to have to come up and visit you uh, up, up in Chino Valley, man. It's just when yeah. Todd comes to Arizona, we'll we'll take a drive up there. We're plumb out of time, yeah. folks. 
Thank you so much for joining us on this again. edition of Amal Franzi's Voices of the West. Well, thank we you. really thank you. You guys really made this worthwhile. Thank yeah. you so much. Ton, ton <laughs> of fun. That's just been fun. <laughs> that's just the only way to describe it. 78, 79, 80. And thank you so much, everybody. We'll uh, talk to you again. On the flip side. On the flip side. So long. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. 